consider yourself normal, then this is not the show for you. Please go somewhere else. This is W-Y-R-D. If it's getting weird, it's got to be the Weird Mountain Gals show. You're listening to Byron and Alicia, the Weird Mountain Gals. can be today how are you doing well in the words of a character from radio not too good (laughs) tell me all about it youngin well between getting my id stolen having rona and breaking my tooth right down the middle oh my god man but you know what it's still okay because it could be a lot worse but still, usually when you call me and you're ringing in, I'm like floating on air going, yay, yeah. Oh, good. Hey, look, it's sunny outside. But it's sunny outside. But it with this wind chill, it feels like it's about zero butt degrees. Oh, because it probably is. I'm sure you do know this because this is your cottage. If you are in the dining room, and the wind gusts are anything over 30 miles an hour, it does sound like someone's trying to come in a window. Oh, yes, it does. Those are <laughs> old, old windows that at some point are going to need to be replaced. But oh, They're so beautiful, yeah. though. It's they hard are. to think about that because they are so beautiful. I love this place, as you know. How, how's it been going for you? Well, I'm, I'm okay. I got this new book that is, it's funny because it's not supposed to be out till the 8th, mm-hmm. but all these people on social media are sending me pictures of, hey, I got your book. Oh, I'm so glad it finally got you. Oh, boy, oh, boy. And I just mm-hmm. been putting them on the page for the book, which is Roots, Branches, and Spirits for anybody who wants to go over there and follow the crazy circus of my new book. <laughs> so, so that's been fun. And, you know, I'm just hunkered down and waiting to get a shot, two shots and stuff, you know, the usual (laughs) stuff, waiting for spring to come so I can start planting peas. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about something, you know, it's, I know that nothing will ever replace seeing people at your, when your book drops at the, the book opening, or is that, what do you call that event? A book launch. Book launch, yes. Mm -hmm. But this way, with it being virtual, you can have all of your friends from all over the world. I know it, and I am so happy today. A friend of mine that I love her so much, and I've not seen her literally in years, and she said, oh, well, I really wish I could be there. And I said, oh, do you have to work? Because she's a nurse. 
And she said, no, is it, is it online? And I said, yes, it's online and it's free. All you have to do is register and then we can all be in the same room, sort of. Yeah, I mean, if there, there is a silver lining to it. Yep. That's something that my great uncle, I guess it was, taught me. I, wait a minute. I need to get my lineage right. If it was my <laughs> mom's uncle, what would that make him to me? You were a great uncle. Okay, so yeah. So my great uncle, and I know I've told this before, but he had a farm down on Massey Branch. And I remember coming out one day and we were smelling the manure smell. And Mm. I made kind of wrinkled up my nose or something. And he told me that that was a beautiful smell to him. I remember the lesson of it was just find find something to be grateful for because he was talking about what that smell meant to him. Yeah, well, I've had people... Well, not a whole lot of times, but, but say, oh, ew, what was, what's that terrible smell? Ew, or my neighbor had a, a truckload of manure left. Ooh, that's just so awful. And I think, God, <laughs> I wish I knew somebody loved me enough to bring me a t- truckload of manure. No I doubt. No doubt. And is it an offensive smell? No, I love it. I said, I have love you it. ever driven through Mills River back when... Ingalls wasn't there and it was all just a cow field and they had well, been- yes when it was Mills River yeah. yes yes when it was Mills River and, My- and they had manure piles that were as big as warehouses yeah huge with uh uh with plastic over them yes tires yeah. holding them down yes and talking oh, about right yeah <laughs> we always my family always camped up there in the summer and in fact one branch of my family would take this really the perfect spot up at the Mills River campground and they would hold it all summer long. And oh, you're, wow. not, you're not really supposed to do that, but they would switch out names. <laughs> and they'd go, oh, now it's John Smith who's got it. Oh, well, hello, Mr. Smith. How y'all doing? And they would just set up for the whole summer. Wow. Which, do you remember which spot it was? Uh, I don't remember what number it was, but... When you got there, you turned left and went over the stone bridge, and then you turned right and did the loop, and it was the very end of that loop, so it was like a double space, and there were two or three tents and cooking, and oh, it was wonderful, but we were always there in the summer, which meant that the smell was very pungent. Yes, it would just sneak right up on you. This is the second podcast in a row that we've talked about pungent camping smells yes <laughs> <laughs> I, I prefer the manure to uh to what we talked about last time though. oh me too no doubt about it and you know i i found a a nice bagged up manure that i can get down at southern states or you know wherever you get wherever you get your garden supplies and it's called chickadee doo-doo <laughs> composted chicken poop that stuff is really, really good, but my God, the smell will knock you over. And Joe just said, we're not having that anymore. And I thought, huh, you'll see. <laughs> you'll see. I'll mix it with something else. You'll see. Well, so, yeah, you can cut it with something else. And yeah. it's chicken poo. Yeah. Chick- and it's called chickadee doo-doo. Yeah. So as opposed to chickadee china, the Chinese chicken. Chickadee china, the Chinese. You remember that song? I do. I love, I probably know that whole album. Uh, really, that was uh, where the uh, Big Bang Theory. Yes, band that oh, they're the so Bang. funny. What a what a great band that is. I don't even know if they're still active. Do you? 
no clue. And I can't even remember their name. I'll think of it in about 10 minutes and I'll just blurt it out when you're saying something very serious. <laughs> I love that about the human brain. I, I do, but I'm also, I get, I get frustrated sometimes because I can't remember things and then it'll come to me at 2 a.m. when it's absolutely useless to, you know, the moment passed hours ago. Like, oh, hey, guess what? I'm not going to call somebody up and say it was an index card or whatever. Well, I, I'm not even going to have to wait too long because it's bare naked ladies. Oh, very good. I just sat here thinking and I could see the cover of the CD and I thought BNL, it's bare naked ladies. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that is a great CD too. I love that one. I, I got that one right about the same time that I got another one that I can't remember the name of. And uh, the only song that I remember from it is a song about peaches. Uh, moving to the country, going to eat a lot of peaches. Oh, yeah. Remember that song? Yes. I oh, God, those. you did that. Oh, man. <laughs> You're making me crazy. I was so proud of myself for finding You Baronet. should be proud of yourself. I'm, I, you should be. That was hard to remember. You did good. Uh, my friend Brian and I were talking the other night about um, that Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. I said, I swear, I don't think people understand what that song is about because they sing it in these really inappropriate places. And I think you, you do know this is not it's not a love song in any kind of traditional sense. Right. And it's not. I love how your brain went, by the way. And it's it's also not necessarily an appropriate song in church either. I'm not saying that it's, I mean, I know it's biblical. I know what we're talking about in that song. Oh, but, yeah. But, because we know what happens when David looked down and saw her bathing on the roof. He had her husband murdered so he could have sex with her. Right. So actually, maybe it is. A, it's a it's appropriate Old Testament material. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It is. <laughs> but we were talking about all the people we would like to hear sing it, like Tom Waits. Uh, yeah. I'd like to hear Joni sing it. Uh, Wait, yeah. didn't Tom Waits sing it? Oh, he might have. I don't. I don't think I've ever heard him heard it. But I bet you, if he did, it's somewhere on the YouTube's. Uh, yes, we need to. I'm gonna look that up. That's one of my favorite songs by Cohen, and I like some of the covers of it too. Katie, what Katie was her? Lang. Yes, Katie Lang. she just nailed it, didn't she? And who's that country singer that does just a beautiful, mournful job of it? Don't know. Was it a guy or a gal? A guy. I, I really don't know. I don't know. I'll tell you who would sound good doing that song is Edwin McCain. Oh, yeah. You know who I'm talking about there? Huh? You do? The guy from Greenville? Yep. Uh, you've mentioned him before. Oh, yeah. He was a big influence on me. Yes. He really was. And uh, yeah, no, Tom Waits well, has totally done Hallelujah. Yeah, yep. And I, if I'm not mistaken, Byron, that is one of the better covers of it that I've ever heard. I bet you, because it really needs to sound like somebody who's had their ass whooped. Mm -hmm. That love has just screwed them over, yeah. and they've been bad, and whoever they loved has been bad, and it's just been bad. Bad and painful. And, you yeah. know, Tom Waits has got that kind of voice that glides from note to note. Uh-huh. And not a lot of men do that. I think Dirk, Dirk Powell, is that his name? Beautiful country voice. He does that a little bit, and it's not faked. It's not Brittany'd, you know. And, uh, Ouch. It ain't Brittany'd. 
You know <laughs> how. Yeah, it ain't Brittany. No. <laughs> yeah, it's auto tune. Oh, golly. Auto tune is a to my ears. It hurts me. And it, it does. hurts me. It hurts me to hear a singer take a song that is a perfectly beautiful song straight out of the box. You know, you take the take the top off the box and it's beautiful just looking at it. Mm -hmm. And they just add a bunch of crap to it. <laughs> and it and I don't know. I just it's like I want to hear that song and I want to hear your voice doing that song. But what the hell is that thing? You kind of hit on something that that I've thought about and spoken about before. And people who have that formal, the classical vocal training, which I, that was me, believe it or not. And when I left and went into the world of, of doing original music and covers and things that were modern, uh, I really foundered. I did. I, I floundered is what I should say. I floundered. I didn't founder. Uh, I had a real difficult time because the thing that makes music beautiful in those genres is the pain that comes through and the imperfections that are there. So if you think about Willie Nelson, mm -hmm. Johnny Cash, Katie Lang, well, no, not Katie Lang. Her voice is perfect. Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Yeah. It, Tom Waits. Tom Waits and Tom Petty and so many yeah. of them, their voices are definitely not perfect. But no, and I love that. But the, as they say, on the flip side of that is, you know, I love opera and those people's voices are perfect. Right. They're absolutely perfect. And right. when they're not, you know, because it is technically difficult it is challenging in every possible way. And you hear these people with these highly trained voices. And it, 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 to me anyway, it transports me. Because I think, how can a human voice do that? How can a human make that sound? I have to agree with you, but let me, let me put this to you. There's a fella, and he's another musician that's very popular. And he's got a beautiful voice. And he tended to do these classical, slightly Christian songs. And the women went kind of crazy for him. This would have been about 15 years ago. I'll think of his name at some point. Ah, uh, him? That's Josh Groban. And he, he, oh, that, a piece of trivia about him that might help you is that he had this, this, this really clean image and he got busted for marijuana about five years ago and all of his fans were like, oh, but we love him anyway. And... Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Five years ago with marijuana? That's crazy. Well, yeah, but he was in the Christian crowd. Oh, uh, oh, oh, I see. Yeah, and, and, the, and the, that crowd that, you know, is a little stricter in their lifestyle, I'm not putting them down or anything. They get the no, more. No, no. But, but yeah, anyway, so that's, you would. That's their choice. They can be as strict yeah. as they want. Well, he would get up there and try and do some covers. And here's this guy with this beautiful, magnificent voice and the covers were just kind of dead. Mm, yeah, because yeah. his voice was perfect, and he wasn't—he wasn't growling, and he wasn't. People don't growl, you know. Or the emotion didn't come through, and that 
I'm going to go back to opera for a minute. That Those are the great opera singers. Yes. They are the ones that can stand there in 10 pounds of makeup and 80 pounds of costume oh. and kind of plant their feet and create these tones, but also create in their audience the feeling that they want to create, whether it's tragedy or, uh, or comedy or anything in between pathos. And those are the those are the best. I'm I'm a big fan of uh, Maria Callas. Oh and yes. She, she did not have a perfect voice, certainly in her last years, but she had an incredible dramatic sense. Uh, Pavarotti was the same way. Very very oh, wow. beautiful dramatic sense, so that you understood, even if you didn't understand the language of the oh, music, yeah. the music I, itself and the the way the singer portrayed that actor and singer portrayed that you knew exactly what was going on and how you were supposed to feel yes and i credit Pavarotti with bringing opera to the masses don't you yes yes he really did and it's maybe because of the time that he was around or maybe it was his voice and his you know big personality or or what but i remember the day that nesum dorma showed up in the public and I was thrilled about it. But I also remember pulling over because I was driving my car to work and heard it. And, yeah. and I, I pulled over and I put the windows up in my car and I put the volume up in my car and, and I let it go. I was just like, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a, I think I posted on Facebook last week when I was just, I just needed a pick me up and it was a, it was a, a, a mob of Nessendorma in a, in a mall. I don't remember where the mall was, but this man, this tenor, was singing Nessendorma. And then you know how it is. Then the people would come out of the crowd one by one. And then oh. there were backup singers for the chorus part of that. And, but this guy, his voice was so amazing. Uh, and it reminded me, I'm going to rattle on just for a second, sorry. It reminded me, because I used to do uh, costumes and set and props and stuff out at Brevard Music Center for their opera program. Oh. And, and we had a tenor one year. He was a big, round fella. And he was, a, I want to say, was a tobacco farmer from like Alabama or someplace. He <laughs> just had this beautiful voice. And he'd been singing in church. And somebody said, you know, you... You might ought to try being a professional singer. And so he was he was a tobacco farmer from Alabama. So he was just as happy and funny and down to earth. And then he would step on stage and this sound would come out of him. It was just it was extraordinary. Kind of like Gomer Pyle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, oh, what a what a blessing he was. I wish I'd kept up with him. Do you sing, Goma? A little. Do you pack a little, too? Well, not much. Will you sing something for me? Oh. Oh, please. I don't know if I remember anything or not. Oh, come on. Wait a minute. There is one song that I remember that I bet you know. It's been kind of a long time. If you miss the train I'm on, then you know that I have gone. You can hear the whistle blow a hundred miles 
A hundred miles, a hundred miles, a hundred miles, a hundred miles. You can hear the whistle blow. A hundred miles. Yeah, well, that's the way life goes sometimes. Oh gosh, isn't it? Yeah, it is really. That's called a flash mob, I think. Yes, that's right. And I've been invited to a few and I've never gone. Maybe one of these days I'll regret that, but I love to watch them. Can you imagine being in a flash mob in somewhere like Union Station or some subway or something where your voice echoes? Oh, I think it would be wonderful. Yes. What I yeah. love though is watching the, watching the people who are just the, the bystanders. They're just there and it's like, what the heck is going on down there? And then they just get lured in. Yes. <laughs> Walks in. Um, I, I did another uh, flash mob, posted another one of Carmina Burana. Oh. And they came in with musical instruments and they were singers and they were even jugglers and acrobats. And then there were these two guys that looked like mall cops. <laughs> and they, they were the acrobats. They were like spinning and jumping. <laughs> Oh, that's so cool. Great. It was great. And the faces of the people watching, they were just transported. You oh. know, it was a magical moment for them that that probably half of them never even heard any of that before. Oh, and, I'm sure they did. had never. Reached out and grabbed them by the heart. <laughs> you grabbed them by the boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> that part, too. Yeah. So did did you go to any famous opera houses when you were in Paris? Oh, I've been to a lot of opera houses in a lot of places. Yeah. In fact, uh, they brought me in one summer and I was being trained by a man that taught at my undergraduate school uh, to do to be a scenic artist, to paint this big scenery. Mm-hmm. And the technique I used and I would still use if I was still doing that. Uh, was from uh, La Scala in Milan. Oh, wow. So I have, a, I have a direct painting lineage back to La Scala. Wow, wow, wow. I know. I've done everything there is to do just about. Well, you need to put that in your bio that you send to me for your Wikipedia entry, man. <laughs> and then she is out at the Brevard Music Center painting scenery. That's that's a very cool thing to have on your on your bio. I mean, not that you're going to use it to go get a job or anything, but just what a great thing to be able to say you've done. It was a, it was a good life. I was young though. No husband, no youngin. <laughs> I, I was free. Do you think that, do, I, I don't see where you were stopped by any of that, honestly. You no, know, I'm going to be straight up with you. I've been doing this, uh, this process of being grateful about stuff and thinking in terms of, I think about my husband's uh, aunt and she is the last of that generation that's still alive. And we send her little funny cards all the time and she's in a, (laughs) um, a facility, you know, she's in a nursing home. And I think about if I am blessed to live to be that age and I can't do anything and I can't remember anything, I, I hope that there's a part of me that is now enjoying all the stuff that I'm not going to be able to do then. Like when I'm standing at the sink washing dishes, there come a point probably in my life where I can't do that. 
Well, yeah, you're right. And, and so instead of whining about, oh, I've got to wash the damn dishes again, instead of that, I'm trying to enjoy the feel of the warm water on my hands and the feel of, of having a squeaky clean plate in my hand to go in the drainer. <laughs> I'm just trying to hold on to all of that because it's, uh, you know, time is fleeting. Madness takes its toll. <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah, and, and I've I experienced it. I've experienced it. I really have. And it's the older I get, the faster time goes. And I know that's a common experience. The thing that I think about a lot is linear time and how we as a species, gen we experience time as, as something that moves forward in a line. Before we didn't I, always, we didn't always though. That's what I understand. Yeah. And it's just to me a fascinating it's a rabbit hole that I can just go down and read about and study and think about. I think about that a lot. I really do. Yeah. And I wonder if it's different, you know, once you cross over, uh, once you move through the veil, I wonder if your experience of time is completely different. And if it is different, how does that I mean, I'll know at some point, won't I? But right now, so so I try to keep my curiosity to a minimum. It's just a subject that's very interesting to me. Well, time, I remember being a kid and they would talk about how time has no beginning and no ending. And that, you know, I couldn't really grasp, I still can't grasp what that means really. But the whole thing about the universe is expanding well, what's it expanding into? And it, and the universe has no end. So I guess that for me has been the thing about, I don't understand how you can have no end. What, what when, well, where, why, how? Well, all right. Look at Star Trek, The Next Generation. Yes. And the I want to say it was maybe the first or second movie. And, and at least it had some Romulans in it, and it wasn't all damn Klingons, because I am sick of Klingons. Are you sick of Klingons? I'm sick of them. This new Star Trek I've been watching, it's like everybody is a Klingon. I'm just sick of them. They must be easier to get in makeup or something. Can't believe they are, given the level of makeup. Where the hell are the Romulans? Where the hell are the Andorians? Where the hell are they? Well, I don't know, because I don't watch Star Trek, and I haven't watched it in years, but I used to watch it a lot. Me too. And, yeah. <laughs> and I just haven't looked at screens for a number of years very often. But I remember this movie, and it was kind of transitioning between the original Star Trek and Star Trek The Next Generation. It had William Shatner and Jean-Luc Picard, or excuse me, Kirk and Jean-Luc Picard, the two uh -huh. captains. Do you remember that? I do. The Nexus was a place without time, without end. Mm -hmm. And the captain was there with the love of his life and a dog. Maybe, no, it might have been Kirk in there. I don't know. One of the captains was in there. He was there outside of time in his own bubble. So that always gets my brain going. Because have you ever been in a, like a, your own bubble? And mm -hmm. just, you just go and time doesn't matter. That's a good place. I don't know if that's really a productive it was, subject. It was one of the reasons that I was really interested, and I still am some, but I don't read about it as much anymore, 
studying quantum mechanics and quantum physics because it's really trying to answer some of those questions about what time is and what it is not. And people will say, oh, but time is just an illusion. It's like, well, no, not really. I just don't think we understand it. We don't. And that's where I finally got. And I get there with a lot of subjects too. It's, it's like I can, I can keep beating my head against a wall trying to figure out a subject that the sages have never been able to figure out. Or I can understand that my brain is not ready for that subject yet. But I'm aware that it's there. And, and I'm naturally curious about this stuff. And I, I remember the old timers out in Robbinsville would get into the most crazy conversations when they were playing checkers or hanging out with each other. I mean, you would not expect that in a little backwoods country town that didn't even have a traffic light. No, I, I understand that. I, I can remember my grandmother saying, God, 50 years ago, probably more, God is not some old man in a beard up on the throne. God is energy. And I went, what? and I said, what did you say? She said, you know how Jesus could be in two places in one time? And I go, yeah. And she said, energy can do that. People can't do that. Uh, energy does that. So God obviously is energy. And I'm like, okay, you graduated from the sixth grade, but you understand that's, I mean, that's quantum mechanics. You understand is. that. Did Thank she you. have a lot of mason jars? <laughs> she did and she kept these big old coffee jars too drank a lot of instant coffee and I've still got some she painted them all this kind of dead beige color and then she'd go back and paint flowers on them uh, well you know I, I love that woman that that's cool sounding yeah yeah uh, it's, it's just energy and then she'd expand on it for a while and my mother I tell a story on her all the time she I mean, we were not a religious family, obviously. Yeah. I can remember her pointing out the back, the kitchen door right into the woods and saying, it doesn't matter. Your religion doesn't matter. You could worship that oak tree right out there in the woods. And as long as you're a decent human being, you treat people with respect, you're going to be okay. Wow. I always laugh and say, boy, she never realized that I really would take her up on that. I was going to say, <laughs> she said a mouthful right there. Wow. <laughs> so I come from a long line of female philosophers, obviously. Well, and people who were close to the earth, I think. I mean, they may not have formally declared anything about it, but they were, it, from the, some of the things that you've told me over the last year about them, sounds like they were kind of in tune with the seasons and the crops and the animals, and that's kind of the way you were raised too, Sue. Yeah. But honestly, I believe... <laughs> You know what I came by, honestly? Hmm. The bullshit gene. No joke. You got a real good detector for that? I have a real good detector, and I can also dish it out. I can dish it out. <laughs> it just depends on who I'm in the room with. It's true. Or, or who I'm talking on the phone. And that's it's a form of code switching because I may yeah. not be changing my accent, but the way I talk to people will change. And so I've got a cousin. I think he's a, if he would be a second cousin. So he would be in an uncle's generation, but he's my mom's first cousin. Okay. 
but I think of him as an uncle because he's older than me. But he is, he would, he could bullshit his way out or into any situation, period, in the sentence. I think that's part of the whole Appalachian storyteller thing, though. Yes, I do. And I think that to entertain other people is there are people who are, I'm a fool in the, the tarot deck sometimes. But yeah, I mean, entertaining people is is a high honor, and it's also a nice tool of conversation. And if you if you want something and you're entertaining, you're a lot more likely to get it from most people than if you're an asshole. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you say? And no, it's absolutely true. There have been times when I've diffused a situation in any number of places because I I was not an asshole. Mm-hmm. Instead, I was like, God, you are having such a day, honey. Take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. I promise it's going to be okay. And you'd be amazed at the way people will deflate. Yes. Be like, oh, you you heard what my heart was, was feeling. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because, you know, we're mean enough to each other all the damn time. We are. You're exactly right about that. We are mean to each other all the time. We are. We're too mean. And part of that is because we are, you know, it's that old damn thing. Hurt people hurt people. Yeah. And I don't know anybody that isn't hurt on, God, a cellular level at this yeah. point. You're and right. So it's easy to kind of give in to all that and just be mean and what what they used to call in country hateful. Y'all, hateful. you're just being hateful today. <laughs> I have forgotten about that word. Oh, Lordy. And that word's not been too long ago, was it? Mm, Don't be hateful. Oh, how many times have I heard that? Me too. Not necessarily about me, because I I was a pretty quiet and not too hateful as a child. But even though I was dubbed mean as a striped-ass snake, (laughs) I don't think I actually was. (laughs) I don't know. I don't I know. Until I got older for that. I tell you what, somebody betrays me or they hurt somebody I love, they can just expect a level of meanness that can only grow out of the hills and hollers of far Appalachia. It blows like a cold wind. Oh, my God. But it burns like a hot fire. Oh, I love that. Can that be on our album cover? Would you like that? I think that could our album be called Cold Wind, Hot Fire. <laughs> I like it. I think you need to write a gospel song that's called Cold Wind, Hot Fire. Interesting. I still can't get my verses finished on this song I'm writing about Billy Graham. But I will at some point become re-inspired by the subject and write something yeah, and finish that up. And we'll do that. Still be there to inspire you. Well, yeah, and see, that's part of it, because it's kind of hard to have somebody around when you're in quarantine. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. So you want to come over and get you a little bit of COVID today? I got some. (laughs) A little bit. I ain't got much left because my quarantine's almost over, but I probably still got a little bit. Probably yeah, a little bit. Probably <laughs> come over here and let me let me stir stir this cup of coffee for you, and then lick the spoon and put it back in the cup of coffee. Back in and stir it a little bit more. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, I can't believe I thought that way. It's so hateful. <laughs> <laughs> are you being hateful, Alicia? Are you being hateful? Alicia, 
No, ma'am. I am not being hate. Yes, ma'am, I was. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I tell you, I'm about ready to unquarantine. And I know I've got to you just are. be calm and have my plan and not get reinfected and stay safe and all of that stuff. And I'm going to do that. Good. Yeah. Absolutely. I want you to do that. Yep. Yep. I want to do some more stuff. I, I mean, I never have stopped thinking about the road trip, the endless road trip fantasy. <laughs> oh, me too. And a friend of mine, I met him at a, in Pittsburgh in, in my Pittsburgh days. Uh, and his name's Jason, in case he's listening to this, shout out to him. It's just the sweetest, funniest, smartest little fella. And I did a podcast last week for somebody and he listened to it and he posted on Facebook, you know, sometimes you don't realize how much you miss somebody oh. until you hear their voice. Oh, so he was just sweet as he could be. And I said, you know, what I would love to do is as soon as we can, as soon as the plague years are coming to an end, I would just like to pack a suitcase and a cooler and throw them in the back of my car and have a map and just head out. Oh, yeah. Visit, visit people here, here and just go from place to place to place like a little nomadic wanderer. Oh, you are singing my song. You really are. All these people that I haven't seen, and you know, if they can put me up on the on their couch, that'd be great. And if they can't, I bet there's some Motel Six somewhere that I could stay in. And, Most likely. Yeah. And, and you're a good camper. I'm a good camper. That's right. I am. And also, I'm a good floor sleeper because I like a, I like a really firm bed. So mm -hmm. sleeping on the floor is not a problem for me. So. Yeah, so I could do that. And I, I am really wanting us to do this weird girls road trip. We should, because there are a lot of weird gals out there. Some of them are not even gals. That's, that's right. And they Some still qualify. Some of them are just honorary gals. Yes, yes. And I'd like to meet them. Me I've too. met so many of them now. I met so, hey, y'all. Hello, everybody. And And you probably know all of them. I know, I know a good number of them. One of them, uh, she and I have been corresponding back and forth for a while. I sent her some bean seeds last year. Oh. And she just, she just got a copy of my new book. Oh. And, um, and I said, well, read the ghost stories because I've never done that before. Let me know how the ghost stories are. Wow. And so today I sent her a little bookmark in the mail. Oh, that was nice. If she's listening, I hope it gets to her before this podcast is broadcast. Yeah. If not, you know, you'll know it's coming. It'll still be a surprise because she'll hear about it on the podcast. Yeah. So either way, it's very cool. Yeah, I, and it's nice. You know, we have such good people that listen to us and follow us and sass us and all of that. We are blessed in our peeps. We really do. You're right about that. Y'all know who you are, the Sacred Seventeen or whatever they are. <laughs> We ought to figure out how many of them. If y'all, if you want to be like, oh, what is that thing that you do on Facebook? Well, we were going to do a satellite group, Weird Mountain, what was it, Mutual Aid Society. Yeah. So yeah. if they're going to have a satellite society, a Weird Mountain Mutual yeah. Aid Society in their towns and do some good with it, that'd be awesome. Yeah. But yeah, like a street team is what we were talking about. Yeah, because doing good is good. I agree. And when you're doing when you're doing good, you're taking care of yourself too. 
Yeah, absolutely you are. Yeah. You take care of everybody, you take care of you too. You should. You should do that anyway. You know, we need to get everybody t-shirts that say I'm a I'm an honorary Weird Mountain gal or I'm a I'm walking with the Weird Mountain gals or I'm as weird I'm weird enough to be on Weird Mountain. How's that? <laughs> I'm weird enough for Weird Mountain or Weird enough or, for Weird Mountain. That'd yeah. be good. My friend called the called us the weirdos. I like that. Weirdos. <laughs> weirdos from Weird Mountain. The weirdos from Weird Mountain. Weirdos. But then you, you I think about the graphic of that. So are we weird does like female deer? Like female deer? Yeah, oh, weird does. Golly, y'all. We would we just run off. I swear to you, we had a pre-show where we talked about some things and I don't have we talked about any of those, Alicia? I don't think yeah, so. no, we were talking about a meme we were gonna design up that kind of talked about the month and how it felt. Yes. And why don't I do the intro to that for Alicia, how how you doing? How's it been? Not too good. <laughs> <laughs> have you had a long month? Boy, I tell you, this month has been the longest year of my life. That is such a good meme. You got to run that up. All right, I'm going to do it. <laughs> well, y'all, I want to invite you to something. You can find this on Facebook. We're doing the launch party for my new book, Roots, Branches, and Spirits. We're going to do that through Malaprops. It's going to be a virtual book launch. And if you go to their website or their Facebook page, you will find the link for the event. It's at, I believe, 6.30 on Monday. And you need to register. It doesn't cost anything, but you need to register. And I would love to see as many people as I can there because it's going to be a, it's going to be a good time. Um, the actual time for Byron's book launch is Monday, February 8th at 6 o'clock. Not 6.30. What would these gals do without me? You know, it's a good thing she's got me around here. And it's a virtual launch party on Facebook. Um, no, I think it's from the, maybe from the Malaprops yeah. website. Okay. But you can go to that event and it'll tell you all you need to know. Did you? I'm on Twitter now and there's lots of information there. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. Some of it's even accurate. Well, I'm still waiting for us to get approved to be on the Reddit I've applied for us to be on the Reddit and we have to pass certain certain standards before they will allow us to post. There are standards for Reddit. I find that astounding. It is astounding, but yes, there Even, are. Given the crap I see from Reddit. If I had to take my choice of them, I like Pinterest the best because you can actually learn a lot. You can organize your thoughts there and you don't have to interact unless you feel like it. And even then, your interactions are limited to a quick comment on whatever has been posted. Well, you are a very visual person, so that makes sense that that Pinterest would be very appealing to you. I would think you would really like Instagram, too, because that's very visual. I love Instagram. And when I was doing more photography, I really dug into Instagram as my favorite personal app. And when I was doing a lot more mushroom I also dug into it. So for a while there, I was posting pretty frequently to my Instagram app. 
and it was a lot of mushroom photography and digital edits. I love doing digital edit photography. Take mm -hmm. a thing and make it look even more thingish. Well, for instance, some of my favorite pictures, the Gray Eagle, because, you know, they have those tile floors that are red, white, and blue squares. Uh -huh. And then they have, I want to say it was a bright red wall. And then they had all these concert posters there. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. had that one, one throne chair. Do you remember that chair? <laughs> And I a couch it. in the front. And yeah. it was just such a good place to do photography in. I love that. But yeah, Instagram was another good one for me. So Byron, I have not seen a copy of your book yet. Oh, no, I guess you haven't because it's not really quite out yet. I mean, Tell some me people... what it's about. Well, it's about... Appalachian folkways and magic and stuff. And my buddy Alex Bledsoe wrote the foreword and he approached me about that. I didn't ask him. He said, I would love to write a foreword for your new book. And I was like, whoa, that was lovely. Yeah. And then um, it's got nine chapters in it. What are they? Do you have time to tell me? Yeah. Chapter one is Old Mountains, New Worlds. Mm. Chapter two is Betwixt, The Ineffable Magic of Place. Oh. Chapter three is Words, Music, and Magic. Oh. And chapter four is Tools, Supplies, and Techniques. Ooh. Chapter five is Mountain Kitchen Witchery. Oh. Chapter six is Healing and Herb Lore. Chapter oh. seven is Signs and Omens. Nice. Chapter eight is my catch-all chapter of all the stuff that didn't fit anywhere else. And it's called Scraps and Other Usable Pieces. Oh. And then chapter nine is Hill Folk Gothic. Haints and Haint Tales. And it's the first time I've ever written ghost stories. So I'm excited to hear what people think about that. Ooh, I cannot wait. Yeah, I got a copy for you. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah. I got a, I got a, a 20 for you. <laughs> so, they, they give me some uh, reader's copies, so I got some freebies. Wow. I'll pass one on to oh, you. You'll put a cottage copy, maybe. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait. That sounds really good. I cut my teeth on the, the Foxfire books, you know, and that kind of started everything for me. Do you remember Bob, Bob Terrell? Of course. I knew Bob Terrell. What? And did you, uh, oh, what's his name that wrote for the Citizen Times? John Paris. John Paris. My grandmother knew him. Wow. Wow. And she used to get all of his books and he would sign them for her. Wow. I'd love to see one again. I don't think I've kept any of the John Paris books that my grandma had. I might be wrong, but she had a lot of them. And we yeah. read, I read all of them. I loved them. Loved them. So I bet you were mentioned in, uh, were you in any of them? No, no, I was too young. Uh, too, way too young. But gosh, what good books all of those were. They were. Wow, that's pretty interesting. And now you get to join the crowd. Oh, I get to be a writer. I've been a writer for a long time. Obviously. Mm. All right, well, go do what you need to do. All right, then. See you later. Okay, bye. Bye now. Hey, thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. 
be sure to appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have. So I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Many thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. WYRD Mountain Gals. WYRD Radio.